Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I'm Mark Anthony, and this is Demolition News Radio, episode 128. In this episode, help us to help our own. This podcast is sponsored by WillowHire.com, the UK's leader in dust suppression equipment. Kick the dust into touch with our new, bigger and better all-in-one dust suppression units for hire. Call Willow on 01582 840045. I'm a child of the Live Aid generation. Although life and the passage of time have largely robbed me of the notion that music can change the world, I've retained the belief that, in general, people are fundamentally good. That if we all pull together, that if we all get behind a single and well-intentioned idea, we can make things better. Two things happened this past week that reinforced that belief, and which have lit a fire under me to make a change for the betterment of the demolition industry. The first of those things was a collection during the British Demolition Awards for the nominated charity, the Rainbow Trust, which helps and supports the families of desperately sick children. In true demolition style, those gathered at the Belfry for the Demolition Awards dug deep and gave generously. The second thing that occurred this past week was a truly horrendous accident that happened when a building collapsed in Miami, Florida. A project manager for the company involved was critically injured in that accident and has likely been left with life-altering injuries. Possibly because I'd seen up close the work that the Rainbow Trust does, and possibly because of the graphic nature of the video of the Miami building collapse, my brain cells have been firing incessantly all week long. As private individuals and companies, and collectively under the umbrella of trade associations, the demolition industry raises millions of pounds for a variety of charitable causes across the world. And yet, as far as I know, the industry itself has no charity of its own. A charity that could help the families of those injured or killed in a demolition accident. A charitable fund just standing by in case of emergencies within the demolition sector. Surely the time has come to rectify that. Demolition News Radio, the independent voice of the global demolition industry. Now, full disclosure, I innocently but rather naively started a GoFundMe page with the specific aim of raising £5,000 or $5,000 to help the family of the man hurt in the Miami building collapse. I had several high-profile demolition men and women standing by to act as trustees for the charity, to lend it some additional credibility and to dispel the notion that I was some kind of opportunist con artist seeking to profit from another man's misfortune. I produced a Bob Geldof-style video to encourage demolition men and women to make a donation. I even promised to get the demolition magazine logo tattooed on my arm if we were lucky enough to hit our £5,000 target. And I'm 53 years old, for Christ's sake. However, a representative of the man in question said that while they were grateful for the idea and the thought behind it, They didn't want to be part of it. So, as per their instructions, I've taken down that GoFundMe page. My Geldof-style video will never air, and for now at least, I'm not going to get an ill-advised tattoo either. But the fact that they don't want to be involved doesn't change my belief that the demolition industry deserves and needs a charity of its own. So while I'll take a step back for a day or two, this is going to happen. It needs to happen. And this is why. Demolition News Radio is the podcast of DemolitionNews.com and the Demolition Magazine. As many of you know, I got a whack on the head back in August 2016 while I was on a demolition site. And here, in order, is what went through my dented head while I was lying on the ground, blood streaming from my shattered eye socket. One, that really fucking hurt. Two, have I lost my eye? Three, 
How will my wife pay the bills? You see, like most working men and women, I don't do this for fun. I'm here six and seven days a week, beating a keyboard or mumbling into a microphone, A, because I can't do anything else, and B, because I have a wife and family to care for. And if, for some reason, I'm unable to beat this keyboard, my bills don't get paid. My wife can't buy food. My children go hungry. Now, I know that some, possibly even most, demolition companies would leap to the aid of their workers' families in the event of such an accident. I also realise that thanks to the blame and claim culture that has seeped across from the US, an accident is likely to be followed by an insurance claim of some kind, and in the fullness of time, some kind of compensation, which is all well and good. But my accident was more than two years ago, and I'm still waiting for my compensation claim to be settled now. Thankfully, my injuries were comparatively minor in nature, although in one way or another, I lost several months off work. But my son helped with the writing of the articles, and our advertising department continued to generate revenue even while I was in my hospital bed. And while a few editions of Demolition Magazine ran late, my wife continued to buy food. None of my children starved. Most demolition men and women don't have that safety net, particularly if they're not directly employed. And if an incident or accident means they're unable to work for weeks or even months, then that could leave them with more than just their injuries to worry about. Demolition News Radio, putting your finger on the pulse of the industry. For all its good intentions, the idea of an industry benevolent fund is far from simple. Even setting aside the issue of actually raising funds, and I have lots of ideas in that direction, there's a heap of additional obstacles to overcome. The charity will require trustees to lend it transparency and credibility and to ensure that any money raised is distributed fairly and quickly to those most deserving of it. I realise there's the issue of not wanting to be seen to be bailing out an employee of a company lest it look like an admission of guilt or culpability. And of course there's the problem of families not wanting to be involved or scam artists trying to claim money falsely or illegally. But ultimately, none of that matters. Nor does it matter that we don't have a fancy website, or a celebrity ambassador, or that I'm basically making this up as I go along. In this instance, the end really does justify the means. Given more time, I'm sure that Midjewer and Bob Geldof could have crafted a song far better than Do They Know It's Christmas. A song that was better produced, more polished, and that didn't sound like the theme from Z-Cars. But faced with millions of men, women and children starving in Africa, Time was a luxury they could ill afford. Similarly, a demolition man or woman lying in a hospital bed, injured or maimed, doesn't have the luxury of time either. Their spouse needs to pay the bills now. Their children need to eat now. This is going to happen. We are going to create a central fund that can be drawn upon in a time of crisis for an individual demolition man or woman. So there's really only one question. Who's with me? Thanks for listening. Demolition News Radio, dedicated to demolition.